Welcome back to the 401 with Leah. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you've been doing well. Sorry for the inconsistency in uploading. I've been super busy with school and classes. Um, this episode, me and Megan recorded for a class and for our old podcast, but we thought it would be good enough to still put up. Um, and in this episode, we get into Miss Vindy Prince on, uh, Miss Nicki Minaj, and just her impact on hip hop and what that means for black women. So please tune in and thank you for listening. Welcome back to We Said What We Said, the original. Um, it's been such a long time, but we're back with our new and improved structure and episode. So this episode, we are focusing on all things Nicki Minaj as it relates to Black femininity and hip hop, which brought us to our title, which is All These Bitches Are My Sons, Nicki Minaj and Black femininity and hip hop. For this podcast, we were guided by two really important questions. How has Nicki Minaj changed the trajectory of women MCs in hip-hop? Has she opened the door for more Black women to follow her lead? And the second question was, how is the treatment of Nicki Minaj representative of the unrealistic standards put on the bodies and actions of Black women in hip-hop? So with these two... And they'll be in the bio. Yeah, they'll be in our bio. So with these two (laughs) questions... We really just want to take a deep dive into how Black feminism is expressed in hip-hop and how Nicki Minaj is the perfect example to show this and how she has been a pioneer for other Black women in hip-hop to follow her lead. Before we pick examples of different parts of Nicki Minaj's career, we just wanted to give some background on what we mean by Black feminism in the context of hip-hop. So we'll get into that. So starting with our background information, um, I just wanted to talk about... um, this idea of rhetoric of survival as it relates to black women in hip-hop um as we know like historically black women have been stereotyped to be over sexualized hypersexual hypersexual in every way stereotyping the stereotyping of black women comes in direct opposition to the stereotyping of white women who have been historically stereotyped to be dainty and very feminine while black women right beautiful. like very you know need to be protected while black women are supposed to be the opposite of that so one of the papers that we looked at for this podcast was called stealing the mic by miranda flores it was her dissertation for her undergraduate degree at butler university and in her paper she had this really really um good idea of what black feminism and hip-hop means so i'll read it now uh flores writes black feminism in rap provides countervailing voices against male sexism and misogyny by combating commonly held stereotypes of black female inferiority and instead performs social reality the exploration of safe spaces or social spaces where black women can speak freely that are free of observation from dominant social groups, meaning both white individuals and black males, is where this rhetoric is constructed, the rhetoric of survival. 
Black female identity is challenged by stereotypes and appropriation that carries and promulgates those stereotypes, and Black women are under pressure to reconcile their identity to conform to an ideal. A lack of Black female voices contributes to the lack of representation that is detrimental to the identity. So there's a lot here, but I think the most important (laughs) thing was this idea of Black women carving out spaces for themselves because the genre of hip-hop inherently excludes them in a way. What would you say about that? To be honest, let me just reread that myself because I, did, I you were I was so focused on you speaking that I, <laughs> I wasn't really internalizing. No worries. Um, but I think, okay. I think this idea of... So I think for a lot of people, when they think about hip-hop, they see it as this male-dominated space that yeah, degrades women and all this stuff. But yeah. it's... When, when black women take that stereotyping, right, and use yeah. it as, like, an empowering voice and, like, what Nikki does, right? Yeah. Like, she... I know she's But she... But even in her lyrics when she, like, says, like, all these bitches are my sons and I'm the leader, I'm the champ, like, she is reclaiming that voice and reclaiming that space of, no, I'm not just this woman that has to be you know used for the male gaze and she's kind of using it to her her own advantage you know i get what you're saying i think um what i got from that was i just feel like with the stereotypes and appropriation that happens with black women and like the stealing of their identity or the that already thought about their identity that they have to be perfect like there's no room for failure like for example when you look at black male rapper or black men rapping like no stage energy no no presence no nothing like they could be talking about um like playboy cardi for example yeah or little uzi what the fuck are you talking about because you're a cute little black boy it sounds good versus black women have to work so hard like Nicki Minaj had to be the best at all times. And when she wasn't, she was slandered online, including by black people, black women and men alike too, including everybody else. And that's really hard. That's a lot. And she carried the game for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Because what feature was she on? She was always featured. Mm-hmm. Like every, if your song was a Nicki Minaj song or if your song was a, a hit, it had Nicki Minaj on your song. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And she really just created her own voice her own style in what she was doing at the beginning of her career until now had not been done before especially with female rappers but before getting into like her pioneering it has to be said that without Nicki Minaj couldn't have been here without Little Kim right and without or Queen Latifah Salt and Pepper MC Light like we're not just saying Nicki Minaj or Foxy Brown right Trina right all of the you know Nan right all the femcs <laughs> from the 90s in their own way created these the spaces for black women to express themselves in whatever way that they want to and whatever way that makes them feel most comfortable and that is so important I found a quote from this paper is written by Teresa Renee White, uh, 
Missy Elliott and Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj, Fascination, Black Female Sexuality. And in it, she talks about, because um, we have to make sure we cite our sources. Black women need to be cited. She says that um, when Nicki Minaj hit the hip-hop scene in 2009, she exuded an image that was very similar similar to Lil' Kim's hyper-sexualized fashion sense. So, like, I, it's going to be hard to explain this photo. So, True Barbs, you know. There's a photo of Lil' Kim where she's squatting down in her bathing suit with a jacket on, hair laid. And Nicki Minaj mm-hmm. did the exact same shoot in her era. Also, like, the way that Lil' Kim talk shit... Cause, and she yeah. had to talk shit, too, because, like, she was, like, with, you know, Bad Boys, Notorious, with Biggie. Like, she had to talk shit, too. So it was, like, she... But she was buying Oh. <laughs> um, and um, so, like, when Nicki Minaj came out, she was spitting the same as Drake and Lil Wayne. Like, she bodied Rick Ross, Eminem. No. Mm, but she bodied Rick Ross, Eminem, Kanye West, and Jay-Z. And those are in right. two separate songs. One being Monster and one being Roman's Revenge. Ruh, right. Like a dungeon dragon. <laughs> right. And <laughs> I think I think that's such a good connection between Nikki and Lil' Kim because she, like like Lil Kim also set the foundation. Like who was who was rapping like her before she started with her debut album with that with like iconic right the fashion the words the and even like vma vma appearance right that, like, right and then even like outfit. the sexual nature of her songs people were like oh what but this also is like a long history of like even connecting back to blue singers in like the 1920s about black women owning their yeah. sexuality this isn't new and it's just the continuation yeah. of that over time when you look at like, because either you're a Mammy or you're a Jezebel. And these are the and, two stereotypes that are seen the most in yeah. hip-hop. But who's a Mammy, though? I'm thinking... I don't want to say it. I mean, I don't think we should, like, <laughs> engage with those <laughs> and, like, put them on... But, you know, like, but those are the... I, those who are, are you thinking? Who are you thinking? I just want to know from the same page. I No one comes to mind for me. I'm thinking more of Jezebel, okay, not really to- Mammy. What, no, what I was about to say is, remember when on Twitter everyone was calling Lizzo a mammy? Like, how disrespectful is that? Remember that? That That's like, um, well, we're tackling black feminism at large, though. Yeah. So, like, no, because Lizzo, these because, stereotypes are so important. No, like, because what I was getting from the Twitter rhetoric, which is super, po- hey, I don't endorse these views, but Twitter is pretty lawless. So, yeah. Um, what they were saying, and I think it was because, like, Lizzo is plus size that they were saying she's a mammy because the mammy, mammy is typically seen as a plus size or bigger black woman who takes on a motherly figure who you don't find, who has no sexual attractiveness at all. Yeah. So either you're super hypersexualized or you are just, uh, you're a mammy. Yeah. You're, un- you're, not, you're not attractive. You're just there to do a service. Yeah. And a lot of people on Twitter were calling Lizzo a mammy. And I know for a fact it's because she's plus size. Because if she looked like Mulatto, for example, no one would be calling her mammy. Yes. No one would even say that. She would be a Jezebel. Yes. Which then, this is a sidebar. This just gets into the aesthetics of beauty. Yes. Having to live up to that ideal of being a, a, a perfectly formed black woman that is still attractive enough to the black male gaze and white people's gaze because if you start veering to the, if you're too dark if you're you're plus size you're too tall if you fit outside of what the white standard of beauty is mm-hmm. uh, in your blackness it's over for you mm-hmm. i don't even that's not even a side note i feel like that fits in exactly <laughs> with what we're talking about because you're right and i think it's important that we connect these stereotypes as like this long tradition of how black women have been viewed in American been in two, society. Two categories. Right, exactly. Nothing and, else. and but that goes 
that goes into saying that blackness is not a monolith. Right. But our experiences, the way we're treated is monolithic. Right. What does that mean? I'm so different from the black person sitting next to me, but yeah, I get treated like the same damn black person. While white people get to experience a myriad of different differences and not having any commonalities. There was a quote that I found um, in one of these papers that we're looking at. It's another dissertation um, titled I'll, Gr- I'll Grind Till I Own It by The Voss. That's who she goes by. And what she said was the stereotypes surrounding black female embodiment and sexuality are rooted in the power relations of imperialism. Colonizers continually portrayed people of color specifically black women i'm going to add that as barbaric and intentionally intellectually inferior while the white race was presented as being the only civilized race african americans were painted as savage animalistic and simple-minded in an attempt to defend slavery and colonialism so it's important to always link back these stereotypes and where they came from because it it didn't just come out of nowhere right it came out of slavery and colonialism and that's why everything goes back to slavery because the things that we're dealing with now we're talking about Nicki Minaj, but these stereotypes that are on her body, on all these black women's bodies in hip hop, come from this colonialistic mindset, and we still haven't gotten over that to this day. Valid. I just read this quote by Bell Hooks. I'm I'm kind of shook. What was she talking? So about? it says. It says, Minaj represents hypersexual, nearly theatrical images of her own black body through her music videos and public appearances as a sexual product for viewer consumption in the global market. Minaj made headlines after posting a series of shower selfies on Instagram that features her bare breasts and butt. What are the race? Mm. What are the racial and gender implications of the shower selfie? Bell Hooks writes: mm. Marginalized groups deemed other, who have been ignored, rendered invisible, can be seduced by the emphasis of otherness, by its commodification, because it offers the promise of recognition and reconciliation. Wow, that's true. Yeah. And she says, while Minaj herself may not need the recognition that Hooks writes about, it can be very appealing for black fans to be recognized through the massive success of Nicki Minaj, even if the recognition is accompanied by a level of otherness. Okay, she kind of mm. came for us, but whatever. <laughs> no, but I think I think what she's talking about is this tension, I guess, would be, yeah. I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know. Dichotomy. Between. Right, exactly. Between black women empowering themselves, but then you have to also see that on the commercial aspect of it, because hip hop is so commercialized, are we weaponizing those stereotypes for our own success? Yes. I think, and yeah. do I personally think that's a bad thing? No, because these stereotypes came from a very negative and evil place right and now we're using it for our own benefit you know i see it i see it as we and we kind of talked about this in class too how like the commercial success of hip-hop the people who are watching it they don't understand the dichotomy like when we look at Nicki Minaj's music we can see that like hey I see that it's this and it's also this and because I'm aware I can be an active participant because I know where the line is when you're looking at commercial viewers or the people who are the majority of you know buying the concert tickets or buying the albums and stuff they can't see the difference they can't see the two spaces that like Nicki Minaj occupies 
Yes, and I think you bring up a really good point of there's nuance in all of this, right? It's not just black and white. It's very, very, it's all of it's a gray area and that's fine. And I don't think that we should be like saying is what she's doing longer, right? So we can look at it and evaluate it and see where it's coming from. But yeah, I think think that's an excellent point. Um, Who knew that we could have such a deep theoreticals talk about Nicki Minaj and I noticed right. that it's kind of lacking in the research as much as like Beyonce gets because I think that Nicki Minaj deserves her own stature or her own accolades of study but I think it's honestly because Nicki Minaj embodies a rap she's a, she's a rapper and that's still an other like that's still an other genre yeah. it's still not recognized versus Beyonce is more pop or like more I wouldn't say more mainstream because I think Nicki Minaj is also very mainstream. I I just think mm-hmm. that uh, Beyonce is more polished um, mm-hmm. for like more commercial success. Like she was in yes. a, she was in a Disney movie. So we're about to get into, that was the background information. So we're about to get into our argument number one as to why all you bitches are Nicki Minaj's sons. Okay. (laughs) So we're really about to talk about one of the most iconic songs, the song that got uh, Miss Minaj um, on like the map. Like this is what cemented her career in history was Anaconda. Yes. And we're about to get into it. So going off to what you were saying earlier about Nikki being a rapper and how that kind of puts her in this um, box, small, yeah, this box. I think this ties perfectly with the Anaconda example because you're right. She has influenced pop culture so much because she's a rapper, right? Because she's not in pop per se. But then also, it's also because of her look and the way like she, because she's also a pop star too. Like she has a little bit of Britney as much as she has a little yeah. bit of Lil, Lil Kim. Like yeah. she gives us drama, entertainment, color, performance. Yeah. And I yeah. think like outside of Katy Perry, Nicki Minaj is doing like the same kind of stuff as like Katy Perry. Like that very like fantastical type performance. And she was very like, very much a character like every time she came out as a character like for example her monster video she was playing a character like she's a very she's an actress like she's very theatrical I don't think people realize that yes and I think that also ties back to her background like she's trained <laughs> you know like she's <laughs> right, musically right. trained like and I think people don't like they're like oh Nicki Minaj like I remember when you know she started to become famous like 2009 2010 people are like what is she doing with her wigs and stuff but she's been trained like she's a performer this is she's intentionally doing right. all of this on purpose and it has a meaning behind it but they and think I, that black people are not capable of that thought process because they see us as a minstrelsy show and that's rooted in colonialism because Period. inherently black people aren't capable of that intellectual thought process <laughs> you know what i mean Okay, yeah. so going back to Anaconda, the reason why we wanted to talk Not about Anaconda, this. Don't. So I don't know if you guys forgot or lived under a rock, but Anaconda, <sighs> when the music video dropped, it was the biggest thing. Like everyone was talking about it. So that video was iconic. I think it was like 
it was like the opulence, the set. Like, I think that she, she kind of took the rap girl's music videos to the next level. Cause did you see No, because each scene, I was saying, cause have you seen body, yaddy, 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 if you've seen that music video, that's a very similar, like, Nicki, that's a Nicki Minaj video as far as I'm concerned. And what the song we're talking about is Body by Meg Thee Stallion. She just dropped her music video for that. And you're absolutely right. Like, I feel like before, I mean, obviously, like, music videos were, you know, provocative in a way. Right. But she was, like, really showcasing her curves. Right. Like, not, like, not like, filtered. Like, right. And that's what the whole song was about. The whole song was about her owning her body, owning her figure unapologetically right you know and then at the end of the verse where she's to all my bitches what a fat ass and the fucking club okay that line oh just... uh, fuck those skinny bitches people lost their minds because she was in like the whole song was going against the beauty standards at that time i was like yeah fuck me right? girl period <laughs> but you know like that like that's yeah. what the whole song was about and that and i think that's it was in exactly and you know and i feel like that's where the whole debate about well is her her is she hypersexualizing herself yes yes she is but she's nuanced it's nuanced she's aware of it she knows what she's doing it's intentional she's doing it on purpose it's Period. all on purpose it's all by design it you know it's she's not like oh because i just want to show off my body you know what i, I think mean? what it is is when you I think like what's hard for some people to understand is like yes you we we are playing a stereotype by participating in these behaviors we're playing a stereotype but mm -hmm. it's also like we can we understand that we are not the same that this is not right. who we are and that's a way to make money is by playing into the minstrelsy but right. is it truly minstrelsy if you know better like I think she knows right. I think right. she's and just she trying does. to make some money that, right and which I go think you. right and going, so the reason why there was all this controversy was in that, so that was obviously the video of the year, correct? Period. However, it had the most the... views, it had more views than Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball, which at the mm -hmm. time, which in retrospect, that's not a good song. And it had, no. it, it had the most views in 24 hours and it beat Wrecking Ball on the Billboard charts. Right. But, so she, obviously like that, music video heavily influenced pop culture at the time however when it came down to the vmas she didn't win like her music she video didn't win she i wasn't was it not even nominated i don't know it no, wasn't, wasn't even nominated. nominated it was taylor swift this is the messed up part she won for best hip-hop video but she did not win mm. for best female video I think that that's where the irritation came from. Right, and she... But it was the she, best female video. Right. Did she, did she win that? No, she she won best hip-hop video. So she was only able to expand within her hip-hop category, but she could not even break the video of the year or the hip-hop of the year, or the best female video of the year. And that same year... The video, um, Feeling Myself with Nikki and Beyonce, that was even nominated. When and that that's video when, was good. And it also, like, was a huge success and everyone was talking about it. Showed us sideways. Oh, that's 7-Eleven, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling myself. Feeling, feeling myself. myself. Feeling I'm my feeling my... In conclusion, <laughs> Nicki Minaj was nominated for best female video and best hip hop video of the year. But Taylor Swift won blank space 
um, for vi Best Female Video of the Year, and Nicki Minaj only won her Best Hip Hop Video of the Year. And in that same breath, um, then Nicki Minaj tweeted on, tw mm -hmm. tweeted on Twitter. She tweeted about like how skinny girls are always the one that win these awards. Mm-hmm. Skinny white and girls. That's, and that's where the controversy started. Yeah. Because Taylor Swift, who won, you know, Best Female Video, thought that this was an attack on her. And I think that this is so emblemic of the relationship be historically between white women and black women. Because yeah. whenever black women are just demanding their recognition, white women will inherently take that as an attack to them, which I think speaks volumes. You know, Nikki was not dissing Taylor. Taylor had nothing to do with it. Nikki was talking about the institution, right? The whole musical right. institution that did her wrong. And of course, the Taylor Swift, the internet, the media reduced it down to this Twitter beef. But it was really it a moment to show allyship and be like, sis, exactly. I see how... Unwill unwittingly I participated in this although I don't right. stand for this right exactly and it it is a shame you know going back to what Nikki was talking about she has influenced the culture so much and beauty, she, beauty in the beast beauty in the streets right I mean <laughs> the amount of number ones this woman has gotten but that doesn't it's not reflected in the amount of awards she's gotten she's never won a Grammy that's a shame. And it just, it, it shows how, you know, if you think about music in general, it's dominated by black people. But who are, who are in the positions of power to give out these awards? And it's white dominated. But then also, not only in is, music and film and everything. Right. I think it's because when you think about it, people don't know how to read black art. And yeah. so when they look at it, they, and it happened, should I say this? It's kind of happened too, like in class discussion. It's like, we kind of look at things for face value without realizing uh, that it's really nuanced. Like there are multiple, these pieces of art, these artists, this work, it all exists in a myriad of spaces. It's how can you contextualize that mm -hmm. and move forward? Like mm -hmm. I contextualize Nicki Minaj. I contextualize like this new, I call it like bad bitch genre, like ba bad mm -hmm. bitch rap. Um, I can contextualize all these different themes and all these different things they're talking about and still moving forward because I can mm -hmm. read exactly what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think it's nuanced, like exactly what you said. And going back to the Anaconda example with between Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj, the way that Taylor Swift just in inherently thought Nikki was attacking her also kind of reminds me of second wave feminism, right? Glass, glass ceiling feminism, where black women are inherently not included in that kind of feminism, and it has to look a certain way. And I think that's why I love black feminism and hip hop, because it doesn't look a certain way and it makes people uncomfortable, you it know, does. and that's and that's what that's what empowerment comes from. That's where equality is true i also wanted to touch too because this was all in conjunction with behavior from miley cyrus so this yes. all like catapult at the same time and yes. i think why the miley cyrus example because i think taylor swift kind of represents historically the stereotype of white women like very dainty very pretty very soft yes and with miley cyrus if y'all if you remember she like 
she went to twerking and doing hip hop songs and she like really switched her genre and yes. like was trying to be on like the quote unquote ratchet wave. And yes. then she ended up like denouncing hip hop and slandering it. It's only full of jewelry and yada yada. Like, you know, like it's just all about opulence. And she I reduced that, it down to something that yeah. it, it's more she, complicated. She reduced it down to the stereotype. Like she just, yeah. she didn't, she could, she couldn't grapple with the nuance of it. But at this, that that is why Miley Cyrus is a good example, like a good case study for this. Because in the same breath, so Nicki Minaj's uh, video beat uh, Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball for amount of views. Um, and everything was all right until um, Nicki Minaj got on Twitter uh, and said something about Taylor, well, like how, because Taylor Swift, I think, uh, it was nominated for Bad Blood. This is what uh, she originally sent the tweet because t- Taylor Swift's Bad Blood video was nominated for Video of the Year, and Nikki didn't get a nom, and she mm-hmm. also didn't get the win for Best Female Video. And mm-hmm. in her tweet, she said, "When the other girls drop a video that breaks records and impacts culture, they get the, that nomination." Mm-hmm. And because if you remember in the Bad Blood music video, she just had like a bunch of like quote unquote famous people, but. I don't right. really know them like that. Um, and I guess women who uh, represented, uh, like, all women, but I didn't see a dark-skinned black woman there. Not well, women in Taylor Swift's eyes. Right, right, right. <laughs> so right. very very limited circle. So then, um, so Miley, or uh, Nicki Minaj, so this what happens at, so this is, all this happened before the VMAs. So then at the VMAs, Nicki Minaj wins for Hip Hop of the Year Award, and Miley Cyrus is hosting and um Nicki Minaj goes to give her acceptance speech and Nicki Minaj says and this is I quote I'm not saying this Nicki Minaj said back to this bitch that had a lot to say about me the other day in the press Miley was good the most iconic line <laughs> and she pointed at her like sis uh, on national television this yep. moment is etched in history forever yep. And Miley Cyrus responds back, I think a little afraid. Nikki, congratulations. And I, end quote. <laughs> and I think, so, there's so much to be said. It One, gets worse. It gets worse. Oh, continue, continue. So, now, um, nearly two years later, so the beef is over after Nicki Minaj said was good. And so, Nicki Minaj... <laughs> At the Billboard Awards, she does like a really petty clap and they get her on camera. <laughs> and that is what, well, Miley Cyrus didn't trigger this. Nicki Minaj re triggered the beef. So then Miley Cyrus uploaded a video of her dancing to Chun Li. And mm-hmm. then she she commented, captioned it, What's good? Heart eye cat emoji. <laughs> so <laughs> she deleted it now. So you can't mm-hmm. find it. So then she then comes out with a diss song about Nicki Minaj. I love you, Nicki, but I listen to Cardi. So she's then playing in a beef that pits two, one Afro-Latinx woman against a black woman, or I don't really know what Cardi B identifies as, so maybe I should be quiet. Um, and she kind of like steps in that beef. Um, and then that, and that's crazy because that actually resulted in physical violence. So I felt like and this was after she did like after the physical violence this is when Nicki Minaj made that song so I felt like she shouldn't have commented on that at all and then there was also one time wait when pause what physical violence at the um fashion show I forget what fashion show remember oh yes when Nicki and Cardi got it like physically got into it yes and then yeah 
on top of that, Nicki Minaj or Miley Cyrus has done something like dress up as Nicki Minaj for Halloween and like darken her skin and kind of like black fishing. Yeah. Um, and like she's just kind of like kind of antagonized Nicki Minaj to like behave yeah. this way. Like she redid her cover and she pasted Nicki Minaj's face on Miley Cyrus's body and then darkened her skin again. And Nicki oh Minaj said, don't do this. And then she did it again. And I was like, so I just kind of felt like she was really antagonizing Nicki Minaj. Yeah. And Nicki Minaj is kind of like, she's been kind of pitted. Like, people were angry with her for saying these things. It really mad at her. When I just felt like she was trying to defend herself. Yeah, Because um, she was, like, facing so many different fronts of, like, misplaced aggression. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And, you know, I think, like people make fun of Nikki for being dramatic, right? When she's fighting for herself, she wants the recognition that she deserves. And all of these white girls are just making fun, like blatantly making fun of her and they get no repercussions from it. And I think that just speaks to like the larger aspect of how commercialized hip hop is and how it's, I'm not saying it's the consumer's fault, but the white consumption of this and how how it's normalized to make fun of black women in this way is disgusting. Yeah. And remember when, if you remember, Miley did a, we, what's that one song that she had? We Can't Stop, I think. Yeah. And yeah. She, like the people that she had on stage were like, they were more like puppets. Like she had a little person. Um, she had like, a really tall black woman that had, you know that photo of, like, the, the, it's, like, a really old photo of the black woman where her butt sticks out super big in the back, and, like, they're kind of making fun of her? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's, yeah. she has someone who, like, who embodies that on the stage, and that's when she was, like, twerking and, like, kind of, in, in bel- like, having that ratchet, trying to have that mm-hmm. ratchet persona, and I was, like, is no one gonna say anything? Mm. Like, yeah. I feel like she kind of character. It was a a caricature of what she deemed black women performers as. And it had no... And I think what the nuance that was missing is lived experience, to be honest with you. Like, I feel like that's always what's kind of missing is, yes, you you can consume this, but... The lived experience part lets you know that I'm not a mammy, I'm not a Jezebel, Jezebel, but I understand you co-opting that stereotype. Right. And I think that that's the the former is what's missing from the equation. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. So for our last topic, we just wanted to dedicate a whole section talking about the style of Nicki Minaj and how that in and of itself has opened the door for stylistic choices for black women rappers. Period. Can I, okay, so I just have this thought process. Yep. But Nicki Minaj like was really, maybe outside Lil' Kim and I should check like her dress list. But besides Lil' Kim, I would say Nicki Minaj is really that girl to be in designer. Like, she yeah. was in designer from the get. Like, Fendi Prince on. Fendi like, Prince on. Like, what? Right. 
And like she would be wearing Balmain and uh, Margiela's. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with, you know, the whole designer, designer culture and the style fashion. But even like I'm just thinking of early Nicki Minaj and all of her outfits, her wigs, Characters. her care like full on characters and honestly i love that because it it just showed just like genuine happiness from a black woman just expressing herself as freely as she possibly check it out check it out like her check it out performances i live for those with saf beasy in the back exactly (laughs) exactly yeah so I think like, and she was like at the beginning of her career, she was like very anime, and then she morphed into very Barbie. And I think yeah. that that was very interesting that that was her take on Barbie, like very voluptuous, right. cute wigs, like colorful right. wigs, like right. heels, makeup, and she and like if we think about Nicki Minaj's body shape, like okay, regardless of her getting work done, she is the blueprint for that body, like that perfect yeah. like proportion body like the, the big boobs small waist big butt um and like colorful and, and, wigs and she so before I, I don't i'm not saying that like well I look like did do wigs she did do wigs i'm more thinking of like her going her body just her existing think of the claremont twins looks right going against that like standard of not like thin you know mm-hmm. white beauty standards and her existing inherently pushed back against those standards and i think started as a society to accept those bodies more well not accept those bodies more culturally appropriate those bodies more because then you have i kind of feel like it was amber rose too just a little bit because she was also a fashion moment but that's not there but you then start looking at the kardashians bodies and white women wanting to become like the kardashians with similar proportions and like now even white women are like wearing um or any other woman really to be honest is wearing like the colorful lace fronts neon hair pink hair and we would think about it it was like it was Kim but then Nikki took it to a whole other level with like professionally done laid wigs right now when you think about all the rap girls like there's this quote I said Nicki Minaj said this in her V magazine interview but me changes every day I would crumple up and die if I had to wake up and be the same person every day I don't silence those voices anymore I just let them speak and that really speaks to how every time you see her new wig new outfit new mm-hmm. look new concept and when mm-hmm. you for example when you look at someone like Meg Thee Stallion every time you see her mm-hmm. new look new wig new concept so mm-hmm. I really do feel like Nicki Minaj is you know she opened the door for so many other black women in C's to like come in and be and not only come in but be themselves authentically like talking mess talking mess dressing the way they want to just like really owning whoever they are and we're thinking like meg the stallion obviously flo millie sweetie doja cat all of these girls who like i don't think they could have existed before Nicki minaj yes that is true i will say with a caveat this is one that what also becomes nuanced too because we think about doja cat um yes doja cat sweetie they're both and mulatto which that's an awful name and i just really encourage you to express research that history on that portuguese word it is so offensive and it has so many ties to slavery and that's just such an awful name to have especially because it's used to denigrate folks who are darker skinned um it's in direct antithesis antithesis to darker skinned people 
Um, but anyways, uh, so like if you think about Sweetie, Mulatto, and Doja Cat, they're both, they're all multiracial. Yeah. And they kind of fit that lighter skin. They fit even more of a beauty standard because now they embody like not only the thinness and some sexual attraction, they start to embody Eurocentric features sometimes mm-hmm. that are very different from, say, Meg the Stallion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. That's true. And that's really important to point out as well. Just in thinking about, like, the nuance even within, like, how black women rappers, like, that like that title, like, that umbrella encompasses, so, like, what you're saying, blackness is on a monolith right and it's expressed in so many different ways and we have to in colors right in colors and we have to think about that and look at that to analyze how colorism impacts likability as well that's so important and colorism and when you think about the hip-hop game too like in terms of black men versus black women you think like black men can look anyway like could look any way Lil mm-hmm. Wayne for example dreads are falling off I mean Lil Uzi Vert is not that cute no shade though yeah you yeah. like or look at look up this guy named Trippy Red he's scary looking yeah men are allowed black men are allowed to embody whatever color whatever space they want under the umbrella of a brotherhood where yeah. they have so many features and they do all this when you look at black women black men will even divide black the black women between like oh it's versus like this yeah. it's Nicki Minaj versus Cardi B. It's Meg Thee Stallion versus Cardi yeah. B. When they're a, they're not allowed. So a, they have to look like the ideal stop standard. Mm-hmm. Then b, they're divided into not being a sisterhood. So they beef and they squabble. And but that's how everyone does it. They pit black women against one another because there can only be one. There can't be multiple. Yes, and I think that goes back to, I again, the idea of commercialization where it, it's this drama, right? Like, everything about this is entertainment to people. So pitting black women against each other is entertainment, which because is Because we sad. don't matter. It's mentality right. to them. Right. We don't really right. matter. Black women right. are the right. bottom of the totem pole. So, and when you think about it, too, it's like, okay, so say there's 50% for white people and then 50% for BIPOC you have to split up that 50% between BIPOC and black women will always fall last there's only supposed to be one of us there cannot be multiple there cannot be multiple that succeed there can't be a sisterhood right because there's no space for that and that's where why would they take space it's a dangerous spot between utilizing those stereotypes for your success and then not falling into them yourselves and being conscious of those things because I will say that I feel like Nikki has fallen trapped to that a lot of times, you know, and it's sad. And I honestly don't blame her, you know, because it, she's trying to speak up for herself at the end of the day. It's more so our society in the way that we can't see black women in all of their complexity. They can't see the duality between no. embodying this stereotype for a career for a persona because i imagine that it feels like you're taking back some of the power of things that are said to you and you're bossing up like actually no it's this way but then also there's that duality it's Mm -hmm. like black women are so strong but inside we're actually really weak and like not weak but we're fragile too we're dainty too we all have feelings so like yes we have an exterior maybe you know that's an exterior for Nikki but at the end of the day she's a she's a person just like everybody else she feels the way everybody else feels we all feel the way everybody else feels no matter what we portray on the outside we have feelings too we're fragile too 
And I don't think people see that duality because they don't see that duality because you see how black people, black women in particular, are bullied on social media, especially the more Afrocentric you look. You see like the lack of utter care for us as people. And that stems right. And that stems back to slavery, colonialism, imperialism. At the end of the day, because that's that's just how historically we've been viewed. And even though we won't implicitly say that today, like all the things you just mentioned, that's implicit in all of that. That's where it stems from. And um, I think we should end it on that note. Okay, well, thank you guys. Hopefully we converted you to bars by the end of this. And you got something useful out of this. And until next time. Bye.